Good morning again. Good morning again. This morning I just want to share with you a, a few things that uh, I think it's worth meditating on, pondering on, thinking about. Because I think too often we get lost in the busyness of life. And we take a, we need to take a moment to stop and to think here. Um, God's plan, God's plan doesn't always make sense to us. See, it doesn't always make sense to us. Uh, we question, we, God, why are you doing it this way, God? That doesn't make any sense to me. Or, that sounds pretty crazy to me. And to everybody else, I'll admit, everybody thinks it's kind of silly. No one's going to agree with this. This is going to be a problem, no matter who you talk to. Or just plain, <laughs> we'll be the laughing stock. Everyone is going to laugh at us. I think we're overwhelmed by what the world sees us doing. By what the world, we, we seem to need the world's approval for everything that takes place, not only in our personal lives, but inside the church. I was reading an article the, uh, just the other day, and somebody asked a question of a religious nature. At least it had a religious answer, I thought. And um, they, they said, well, why did this happen in the Bible? And the gentleman answered, and I looked at his credentials, and I thought, well, there's nothing particularly religious-based in his credentials. He's teaching at a very liberal university, and the answer he's giving uh, isn't quite in line with God's Word. But for some reason, we feel this need to get answers from people who are not qualified to give answers on religious subjects. As we look this morning, uh, we're going to read from the book of Joshua, Joshua chapter 6, and we're going to start with verse 1. Uh, I like Joshua, he's, uh, he's quite an interesting study, if, if you uh, read about him and see what his life was like and all of the difficulties that he encountered along the way, um, it, it really is quite fascinating. This particular account uh, is about the fall of Jericho. And I think there are some things here that we can uh, look at and maybe apply to our lives today. So, uh, Joshua chapter 6, starting with verse 1. Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. The Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once, 
with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up, everyone straight in. So Joshua, son of Nun, called the priests and said to them, Take up the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord and have seven priests carry trumpets in front of it. And he ordered the army, Advance, march around the city with an armed guard going ahead of the Ark of the Lord. When Joshua had spoken to the people, the seven priests carrying the seven trumpets, before the Lord went forward, blowing their trumpets. And the Ark of the Lord's Covenant followed them. The armed guard marched ahead of the priests who blew the trumpets, and the rear guard followed the Ark. All this time the trumpets were sounding. But Joshua had commanded the army, Do not give a war cry. Do not raise your voices. Do not say a word until the day I tell you to shout. Then, shout. So he had the Ark of the Lord carried around the city, circling it once. Then the army returned to camp and spent the night there. Joshua got up early the next morning, and the priest took up the Ark of the Lord. The seven priests carrying the seven trumpets went forward, marching before the ark of the Lord and blowing the trumpets. The armed men went ahead of them, and the rear guard followed the ark of the Lord, while the trumpets kept sounding. So on the second day, they marched around the city once and returned to the camp. They did this for six days. On the seventh day, they got up at daybreak, and marched around the city seven times in the same manner, except that on that day they circled the city seven times. The seventh time around, when the priest sounded the trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the army, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. The city and all that are in it are to be devoted to the Lord. Only Rahab the prostitute and all who are with her in her house shall be spared, because she hid the spies we sent. But keep away from the devoted things, so that you will not bring about our, your own destruction by taking any of them. Otherwise, you will make the camp of Israel liable to destruction and bring trouble on it. All the silver and gold and the articles of bronze and iron are sacred to the Lord and must go into his treasury. When the trumpet sounded, the army shouted, and at the sound of the trumpet, when the men gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed. So everyone charged straight in, and they took the city. By way of background, we need to understand Joshua Joshua was Moses' assistant, 
And as Moses led them through the wilderness and out of Egypt and that, I don't know when Joshua got to be Moses' assistant. If on day one, coming out of Egypt, Moses said, uh, Joshua, you're second in command. I don't know if it happened after 30 years. But we do know that Joshua was second in command under Moses. And when Moses died, Joshua was elevated to commander-in-chief leader of the Israelites. They had just come uh, over the Jordan River, and that in itself was quite a feat. And he got all the Israelites over, and he said, okay, right here in front of us is the city of Jericho. Jericho was a walled city. They built walls around it. Depending on who you listen to, depending on which archaeological dig you're following, they'll tell you all different kinds of sizes. What one that I've got says that the walls were 12 feet high. Now that's about twice as tall as I am. Okay? And they said it was at least six feet wide. I've heard estimates that it was 20 feet tall and 15 feet wide. It doesn't matter. Okay? It, it's, it's nice to look at, but it doesn't matter. The problem is, it's surrounding where they want to go. And whether it's 12 feet high or 100 feet high, they can't get in. It said the doors were barred. There was nobody coming in. The people of Jericho felt safe inside. In order to take our city, that they stood there and they said, hmm, let's see. Now they're going to need ladders if they're going to come over to walls. And uh, you've all seen the movies. They come running up with the ladder. They put the ladder up. People start getting up the ladder. And the people on the top push the ladder over. And then they raise the ladder back up and they climb back up and they push the ladder over. We've seen it. Hollywood, Hollywood does a fabulous job on reenacting some of these things. At least how they think that it should be. Whether or not it's accurate, I don't know. But it at least gives you an impression of what's going on there. Uh, things such as siege ramps. We build these great big earthen ramps. You take all your slaves and you say, grab that bucket of dirt and put it on the pile over there next to the wall. And when we build it up high enough, then we'll run up the ramp over the wall and we'll take the city. Um, ramps and, and siege engines and, and all kinds of things. That was the method of warfare at that time. And that's what they were expecting. If you're going to take our city, this is how you're going to have to do it. Now, I want to point out a few things here that God's Word tells us. First off, you see there in verse 2, God has already given them into your hands. God had already given them the city. They haven't even walked up and knocked on the gate yet. And God says, 
I've given you the city. Okay. The question now is, do we believe God? Do we believe God when he tells us something? Or do we say, well, you know, Lord, I know you've given us the city, but it's going to take us a few weeks to cut down trees to build ladders to go up against the wall so they can just shove them over. Um, we're going to need a lot of ladders. Do we try to second guess them? Well, let's, yeah, um, you know, Ahab over there, he's pretty good at making siege engines. And we'll go have him design us a couple and we'll build them. That's how you take a city. God should know that. You know, he should know how you take a city. But for some reason, he's told them, the city, I've given them to you, they are in your hands there. And, and I'm sure, I'm sure that they stood there and said, well, God, I know you want us to have that city. And, and I know, God, that you're going to do your best to get that city for us. That's your intention. I know that. And, and it's, it's really a good intention, Lord, and we're behind you. But do we trust God when he says, I've already given the city to you. It, it hasn't happened yet, but it's, it will. I've already decided. Do we trust God when he's already decided or do we try to justify? Do we try to explain his good intentions? Do we accept unforeseen uh, circumstances that might mess up God's plans or we think it will? Well, Lord, you know, we put all the ladders up and they just kept putting people up there to shove the ladders back over. I didn't know they had that many ladder shovers, you know? How, how many ladders? I mean, does the union know how many of those people are up there shoving over the ladders? Are they, are they all qualified? We're always ready to accept circumstances. Well, God didn't foresee that coming, I'm sure. And so it's not going to happen because God, he didn't plan for that. And consequently, rather than believe what God has told us, we want to believe an excuse for God. It's not God's fault. He couldn't have known. I'm glad we don't serve a God like that. I'm glad that God knows, knows every circumstance, every situation, everything that's going to happen. He already knows. And so when he tells us, I've done this for you, you're going to do this. We can go forward assured that there are no circumstances that are going to prevent God's will from being done there. Um, the other thing is, is, and we do this a lot, 
when, when things don't work out the way we thought God was going to do it, maybe we misunderstood. God told us this, but God told us we were going to have the city, but maybe we just misunderstood that. And he meant we were going to be able to go around the city and go on our way. And we weren't going to be attacked by anybody in the city, from the city. The city's just going to stay there, all bottled up there. God's protecting us by keeping us away from them. That, that must mean what he means because he can't mean that we're going to take the city that's walled with the ladder pushers. It's, he can't. We need to understand when God tells us that's the truth, and it will happen. The next thing that we find out is a case of following orders. I know we are smart people. I know we think a lot. And I know we've got a pretty good grip on reality. And you're all sitting there saying, Wow, somebody hasn't got a grip on reality. Just listen to him. Yeah. We do. We think we know. And so, rather than follow orders, we want to do it our way. What did God... My father. Who? My father. And I'm sure that you've heard because I know you wouldn't have done this. My father would tell me, Gordon, do this. Didn't matter what it was. He was always telling me to do something. And my first remark was, huh? To which if your father was anything like my father, if you were lucky, if you were lucky, the first words out of his mouth were, what did I say? Now that is to be interpreted as, what are you standing around for? I told you what to do already. Why are you not moving? I said, if you were lucky. <laughs> He said, what did I say? Normally there were other things going on that helped you move a little faster. Yeah. See, I, I can tell that my childhood was not a whole lot different than most of yours. Uh, they, they had a way of encouraging you along. Right? Yeah. Okay. What we learned real quick in our childhood, we forgot when it came to God. Because I know in my house, it was not a democracy. We did not get to vote. Well, you know, Dad, <clears throat> I really don't think I ought to have to do that this time. I think somebody else ought to be elected to that office and be responsible to carry out the trash. 
Now, that's my vote in the matter. Now, it didn't work out then either. But yet, we constantly say, well, God, I know you told me what to do. I know you had a plan. But I've been thinking about this, God. And um, I think it would work out a whole lot better. I mean, this is just me talking. But God, I think it would turn out a whole lot better if you would do it my way. Somehow we've gotten, gotten to that idea that we know better than God. And we know how it should be done. The children of Israel were given specific instructions. Guards, trumpets, <laughs> ark, guards, army. Five-step process. Line up. One time around. And stop. When I was a little kid, and uh, also when I was with little kids uh, in various things, we used to sing the song, I'm in the Lord's army. Remember that? I may never march in the infantry, ride in the cavalry, shoot the artillery. I may never fly over the enemy, but I'm in the Lord's army. Boy, all the motions and all the stopping around. Kids really had quite a time. How many of them kids do you think knew what it meant to be in the army? I know there are several of you out there that were in the military. The military works a lot different than civilian life does. In the military, uh, for some reason, they don't really care about your opinion. As a matter of fact, in the military, um, they don't really want to hear your opinion. They gave you orders, and your job is to follow the orders. Do what I told you to do. Now, did I always think the orders they gave me made sense? No. Was I stupid, or uh, was I bold enough to stand up and say, well, Colonel, I, I can appreciate your position on this, but um, I think you should consider that didn't happen. Believe it or not, uh, you get smart really quick when they're yelling at you and when they're telling you that this is not a democracy. But for some reason, we feel we should be in charge, not God. I had, to, I had a friend of mine uh, several years ago at work, and there was an issue that comes up in the news every so often where 
a uh, service person disagrees with their commander. And one such issue was in the news. And uh, she looked at me and she said, well, I think it's just terrible that they're picking on that man that way. I mean, they're, go they're going to take him to court and court-martial him. And he, he didn't agree with the man. And, and the man got really upset. And, uh, you know, if you don't agree with it, you should say something. I looked at her and I said, dear, I'm going to say this as kindly as I can. You don't know what you're talking about. The army is not set up for the people on the bottom to tell the leader on the top how things should go. The general gives the order and it comes down and the enlisted people follow the order. Do we really want to be in the Lord's army? Do we really want to have to follow what God, our commander, tells us to do? Or do we want to discuss? Maybe we could set up a panel and, and you know, have a town hall meeting and see whether or not the commander knows what he's doing and then give him guidance as to how he should proceed. I said, um, I was an enlisted person. No way, shape, or form did they ever give me responsibility for anything. Not that I couldn't have handled it, I'm sure. But they didn't. But when the commander gives an order, and, and I'm going to ask you to think about this. Is, is it there in Scripture? Uh, no. The details are not there. But I think this makes sense, and I think you'll think so too. Who does the commander tell his order to? Well, of course, he, he gets all 200,000 soldiers and puts them in front of him and says, Okay, fellas, this is what we're going to do. Everybody listen up. How many of you think that that's the way it's done? <laughs> okay, you, you, I thought you were a smart group. No, the commander gives the orders to the other leaders in charge who give orders to the other leaders in charge, who give orders to the other leaders in charge, and finally he gets down to the poor schmuck that's in charge of me <laughs> and my 19 other guys, because there's only 20 of us in our group, and my leader says, this is what we're going to do because this is what I got from my boss who got from his boss who got from his boss who got from the commander. Okay. Now, 
I'm not going to go to the colonel, to the general, to whoever's the top dog and say, I think we ought to talk about this, but you know, we're kind of bold. <laughs> we'll talk to our sergeant who's in charge. We don't mind talking to him because he was just one of us a couple weeks ago. Now he's a sergeant, now he's in charge. He's not so great. So we'll, we'll talk to him. Can you imagine? Now, now just, we'll do a little role play here. Here's Sergeant, Sergeant Ahmed. Here I am. Okay, guys, get your gear, put it on, helmets, backpacks, bayonets. We're gonna go for a walk around the city. Keep your traps shut, don't make any noise. Okay, we're gonna follow the ark and the trumpet players. Be here at 0600 hours, ready. That's all. The guys are milling around saying, what do you think's going on? Why are they doing this? This seems kind of, well, I, I don't know, but you know, Sarge said this is how it's going to be, and he got it from the brass, so um, this must be what's going to happen. I, I guess I know what it is. They decided that if the people in Jericho see us walk around the army and see how many troops we've got and how well armed we are, they're going to throw up a white flag. We aren't going to have to fight this at all. This is just a, a show of strength. Okay, get your pack. Six o'clock in the morning. They're in line, ready. They march around. They go back to camp. That afternoon, and watch Sarge Ahmed there. Okay, boys, listen up. Tomorrow morning, okay, this is a good part because we're going to get them now. Tomorrow morning, at 0600 hours, full field pack, weapons. We're going to march around the city. Excuse me, Sergeant Ahmed. Sir, didn't we do that this morning? You're a pretty sharp soldier there. Yeah. Exactly what we did this morning. We're going to do it again tomorrow. Okay. Next day, 6 a.m., around the wall they go. They said, well, I guess, I guess it makes sense because yesterday, I'll bet you not all of the city's officials were up on the wall to see us. So some of them empowering the city don't realize how strong we are. So he's giving them a second shot at it. That makes sense. Okay. Okay. Now it makes sense. Here we go. Back we go. Good afternoon. Here comes Sergeant Ahmed. 
Okay, boys. Tomorrow morning at oh six hundred hours, we're gonna attack, right? No. I want you to have your packs, your weapons, your helmets. We're gonna march around the city once. What are you talking about, Sarge? Everybody has seen us. They all know what we look like. They all know how many of us there are. When are we gonna to get to the war? To which Sergeant Ahmed, in a very military way said, shut up, soldier, get back in line. We'll do what you're told. Okay, Sarge. Right? Am I wrong? Is, the, is this the scenario that plays out? On day four, around they go, they come. Sarge, tell us we're gonna do something. Are we just, are we gonna walk them to death? What, what, what's the, what is the brass thinking? Who's in charge here? Why are we doing this? Fine, whatever you want, Sarge. If you want me to walk around that stupid wall every day from now until St. Swithin's Day, I, I'm gonna walk around. St. Swithin's Day is July the 15th, in case you didn't know. Um, just a bit of trivia. I'm going to walk around. Whatever you tell me to do, Sarge, that's what I'm going to do because that's what I was told to do, whether it makes sense to me or not. Are you at that point with the Lord where you say, you know what? I can't quite grasp what it is you're trying to, to do. I, I don't understand the process. I, I don't see the pathway you're taking. But you know, Lord, I don't need to. I need to follow you. I need to follow your orders. I need to follow what you're telling me because you know what's going to happen. I don't. Okay? Around and around the thing they go, and around and around they go. We forgot about the other people, didn't we? Because as they're marching around, what do you think the people in Jericho are doing? They're up on the wall. Day one, they're like, oh my goodness, look at that group. You think the walls will hold? You think the gate will hold? They're a pretty big army. Have we got enough supplies laid in? Is there enough water? Is there enough food? Are we able to defend our city? Day two. Hmm. They're going around again. I think they're just trying to get at us. They're trying to unnerve us. Walls are solid. Day three. Hey, Ahmed down there. You enjoying your stroll? Are you having a nice walk? Maybe we'll get rain later. Day four. 
There they go again, one time. They're crazy. They don't know what they're doing. They're just, they're crazy. You know, only a crazy person would walk around and go back to camp and not do anything. This is no way to take it, to do a siege. They need ladders. We got a whole bunch of ladder shovers that we we got here, and, and they're ready. They've been practicing. They're, they're in top shape. They need siege engines. They need to build ramp. They, I don't know how they lasted 40 years in the desert, to be honest with you. They, they just, they look, wow. They look like a bunch of morons down there. Along about day five, I can't, I can't be wasting my time on this anymore. I, I got a business to run. I got to, hey, if anything happens, come and get me. I, I, I got work to do. I got paperwork piling up. Just you stay up here and watch them because you got nothing better to do. I got work to do. And day six, hey, how are they doing out there? Same thing, okay, I'm off to the shop. We're always going to have the people outside that are pointing at us, telling us, you don't know what you're doing, and neither does your God. It doesn't make any sense to us. But yet we have to follow, we have to believe God. On day seven, how's it going? Same thing, okay. Talk to you later. What do you mean? They're going around again. Somebody can't count? What's, what's, yeah. are, we, are, we, are we building up stamina now to go around two times every day for a week? What are they doing? What do you mean they're going around a third time? They're really crazy, aren't they? Fourth time? They suspect it took about an hour or so to march all the way around the city. It's one estimate. You figure they're going to go around seven times. It's going to take, it can't take four hour trip. <laughs> it's got to, it's got to be a quick trip around because they'd never get seven times in. Along about time six, I gotta see this. I gotta go back up on the wall. Look at them. This is the this is the sixth time around. You know, Abram, come, come on up here, Abram. You need to come up. Look at them crazy Israelites. It's like something's broken. They go round and round and round, and they're all crazy. We're being attacked by crazy people. I think you know. I don't know what God's method was. But I'll tell you what, if you get the whole city up on top of the wall, all looking over the wall, wall better be pretty strong because <laughs> you overloaded the wall. Did that help in the wall coming down? I don't. 
when when I get when I get to heaven, I'll I'll check out the movie and see what actually happened. You know, <laughs> I'll say, hey, how did that work? What was it? Somebody somebody explain to me. I'll take the tour. You know, I don't know why the wall caved in. Of course, we ask we ask on online there. Oh, why did the walls of Jericho fall down? And of course, some. It was an archaeologist, geologist, uh, seismologist. Uh, he had a whole bunch of letters behind his name. He said, well, there was an earthquake that caused the walls to fall down. Well, okay. I, I, I won't dispute with the man. Kind of funny how the earthquake happened right after the seventh time around. They blew the trumpets. Everybody shouted, and the earthquake arrived. Well, it just happened that way. We're always trying to figure a reason why. Why it's that way. What, why, did it, why did it do that? Um, we need to understand that God's method, God's timing is perfect whatever it is, and that we need to rely upon God, to embrace God for the plans he has. They shouted, walls came down, everything worked out just perfect. Well, not quite. Not quite. There were problems. Um, if you get a chance, read uh, chapter 7, two chapters down, because in our scripture today, it says everything that's gold or silver or precious metal belongs to God. Don't anybody take it because it's going to bring us problems. Not two chapters later, they got problems. God says somebody didn't follow orders. His name was Achan. Read about him. Two chapters down, chapter 7. The other thing, just as a point of interest, our good friend Rahab, that hid the spies, that was saved, her name appears a little later on in the Bible, in the genealogy of Jesus. Let's see, she was Jesus' great, 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 great grandma. Hmm. That's quite an honor to be bestowed. You read about that as well. The bottom line comes down to this. Can we believe it when it happens? God said it. God told us. God told them that the walls were going to come down. You're good. I've given the city to you. He didn't tell them all the details, but I'm giving you the city. And I would imagine when the walls fell down, our poor, our poor little, little slob of an enlisted man is standing there fighting. Hey, Sarge! All the walls just fell down. <laughs> Isn't that what happens? And, and Sarge looks at him and says, Duh! 
Isn't that what God said was going to happen? Isn't that what God told you was going to happen? Why can't we embrace what God tells us and believe it rather than, I just never thought it would happen that way. I just never thought, I didn't think that it was possible for the wall to fall down. It happens right before our eyes, and yet we still have this tendency to deny what God has done, what God has accomplished. We see lives being changed today. We see people who are not the people they were last year, five years ago, last week, because God has worked in their lives and has changed them. Do you believe it? I don't know. He's always, you know, she's she's always, you know, it's, I don't know. And we're no different than the people at Jericho that didn't believe that God did what he said he would do. God says, I'm going to change you. I'm going to give you life. Your life is going to change if you follow me. We need to embrace that. As God works in the lives of those around us, we need to embrace it. Not to say, well, we'll see. We'll see if it lasts. Maybe in five or six years, if they're still changed, I'll think about accepting it. We need to realize God's work is to change lives. And if we're not going to believe that lives can be changed, then we can't believe God's work. <clears throat> is that really where we want to be? We're prepared to believe what we want to believe. And if we want to believe that they're a rotten person, then we're going to believe they're a rotten person, regardless of what happens. <coughs> I want to encourage you to stop and maybe look at your own life and say, am I believing what God has said? Am I trusting him to do what he says he will do? And then am I rejoicing in the fact that it's been accomplished. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you are in the business of changing lives. And, and whether it's, it's a life that has followed you and has been a faithful servant of yours, those that know, understand that we never stop growing. We never stop learning about your love and how to share it with others. Lord, we need to realize that even those that we might feel are unworthy, 
those that we feel are just too bad, that you sent your son Jesus to die for their sins as well as for ours, and that it is your desire that no one should be lost. Heavenly Father, help us to believe your word, the truth that you give us. Help us to embrace it and to follow the directions and the, and the guidance that you give us. Help us, Father, to believe that change has taken place and that people's lives are being changed for your glory. Thank you, Father, for this day. Give us a good day indeed. Amen. You want to say anything, Nancy? Okay. We're all done.